Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Offload Delay podcast. We are live tonight. We are live with a uh, different theme. Uh, things have been a little heavy lately, and necessarily so. We've had some amazing groups on discussing some of the issues with COVID, the pandemic, uh, some long-term care crisis. We've had some really good panels on with that. Uh, but it's been pretty heavy, pretty serious. And we decided uh, tonight to do a live show with no COVID talk allowed. So remember that as we get talking. Um we're bringing back a few guests you've seen before, and we are introducing a new one. All of these guests are medics with several years experience on the road, and we've decided to call this one um, a lighter take. We're going to discuss some things such as the funnier parts of our job, the more odd things we see. And really, without any further ado, I want to bring in um, my new friend, Nancy. Welcome, Nancy. Also known yep. on the Instagram channel as The Ginger Mama. So I'm allowed to call you that. I'm assuming it's a self uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. self given name. And welcome, <laughs> just so everybody knows, Nancy is uh, joining us from the East Coast, New Brunswick, more specifically. And if you want to introduce yourself a bit, uh, Nancy, go ahead. You've been a medic for how long, and and where are you working? All right. So I'm in Southern New Brunswick, uh, full time paramedic. I've been it's 14 years this year. Um, I took a, a one-year break hiatus there, a mandatory break, and uh, have been back for almost five years now. So 14 years all in all, and still loving every minute of it. That's fantastic. What basically drew us together in this context was social media. Uh, you post a lot of comments and topics and subjects that are very close to uh, the way myself and the other guests think. Uh, we kind of have that black humor that we're going to talk about, that dark side of us, but uh <laughs> Definitely, uh, we've been chatting for a while and we thought this would be a good one to get you on. So welcome. I'm going to bring in the other fellas now. We've met them all before. Um, back by popular demand, and I mean popular, is uh, Troy Troy Boy Ward, uh, my former partner for many years on the road. And we're super happy to have Troy back uh, to date. Been my most popular podcast, uh, drawn the most views just from his stories and his incredible uh, journey that he's been on. We also have... Uh, Got Kenny coming in. Kenny, everybody remembers Kenny. He's finally not on his phone, everybody. I want everyone to <laughs> congratulate Kenny that he's on a laptop right now. And what a journey. We're going to get into that in a second. Kenny, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, and certainly not least, but last, we're bringing on Randy. Uh, Randy, welcome back. Hey, our, uh, 
our, our second half of the, the Randy and Kenny podcast that we had on uh, not too long ago, but it drew a lot of great uh, comments and a great uh, crowd. And honestly, everyone's asked for you to come back, all of you except for Nancy. And uh, I'm sure that'll change. The only reason Nancy has been asked to come back yet is this is her first show. So welcome, everyone. Kenny, let's start with you. Yes, let's sir. talk about IT technology and your expertise in this field. Let's let's. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> the short answer is I have no expertise in this field uh, at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm that perfect age where I could have learned computers and not learned computers, and I chose not to learn computers. So here we are. Yeah. I struggled all afternoon to try and sort out how to get this laptop up and running, but uh, we got well, it. Well, we did it, and you look you look really good. You do. You got the hat on, the teeth in. Well, yes, representing a local uh, junior hockey club, OHL, Kingston Frontenac. Let's go, boys. I see Randy's doing the same. Yeah, and then Troy. Troy's wearing the Tweed Oil Kings. And for anybody that may or may not know, that is Troy's team. He's the head coach of the Tweed Oil Kings in this part of our province. Uh, Having a phenomenal inaugural year, correct, Troy? You guys are – your record is – Nine and two, and you only have six games left as per the new COVID schedule. You're telling me that's right. So, you got Troy, or what? What's that? Is that the coaching, or what? Well, I've got to say 98% of it is. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? These guys have never played hockey before, but it's the chemistry. You bring them together. You must feel like from a bunch of benders and you turn them into semi pros. eh? There you go. We, uh, he's used to that, uh, Ken, he's used to having the toe of the line after working with me all those years, you oh, know, absolutely. you can get anyone to do anything you want after a while, I guess. Now our show today is uh, called a lighter take. And I think we have so many topics. We've all been discussing this. Uh, we could probably, uh, probably bore everybody to death with the hours of stories we have, but we definitely have some ones that we can, can highlight right away. And I think to get things rolling, just to kind of get the conversation going, uh, uh, for those of you that don't know this world, that don't know how this world works, uh, once you finish school to be a paramedic in Ontario and New Brunswick and most of Canada, you then enter a preceptorship. And what that is essentially is your, your classroom's done and you are now rolling with the crews as a student. And you are now the one doing, in essence, every call, everything on every call while you're being observed. And Troy and I had the good fortune over the years of working together to have several students, uh, some of which still work with us today, uh, alongside us. Some of us have moved to different cities or some of us have quit outright, but we've had some good times over the the years. And I wanted to mention, Troy, um, to start things out, we had a particular student who learned the very difficult rule of consent in our world. And by consent, uh, there's something called implied consent. That's usually when a patient can't advocate for themselves and there's no one else to advocate or answer for them. We have implied consent to do what is respectfully right for that patient and what's for their, uh, for the better of them. Correct. That Good is enough. Correct. Yeah. So we show up, I'm going to, I'm going to start this out. You and I have a student fairly new in. He is all I'm going to say. He yep. rolls he into the call. Watching, he'll know. Yeah. The, he, he knows. And he told me he'd be watching. Um, we roll into a call for a patient who's basically semi-conscious. He's not doing well. And the long and the short of it is the patient had MS and uh, was basically a quadriplegic. So sad story. And yeah. before, let me just stop there. Before I begin, we wanted to mention all of us, we talked about it before the show, that this show isn't making fun of the patients, it's not making fun of the bystanders, it's making fun of us, ourselves, our world, our dark humor, 
and this is everything we do is basically about our, our side of things. And, and we by no mean, means mean to offend any, any patients or fellow caregivers out there. We speak only for ourselves. Well, that being said, the student walks into the room and finds a patient on the bed who can't really move his arms or legs, hence quadriplegia due to the disease process, and ultimately uh, proceeds to... Troy, do you want to carry on? Yeah, he um, had found the guy's, um, what was it, face cloth. Well, his face was sweaty. Yeah, and the guy had a face cloth on his lap, and as he proceeded to uh, wipe the guy's forehead and his entire face, he uh, the guy was able to spit and talk somewhat, and... Uh, I believe I'm saying this right, Brad, because yep. I had to go outside. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> the guy, he basically started saying, get lost, get away from me. He goes, that's my ball rag. That's, that's right. Yeah. That... My nuts. So <laughs> unbelievable story. We have a student there who basically, without us knowing, without us being told, we're supposed to monitor these things, decides, unbeknownst to us, I'm going to grab this cloth that's just sitting there. And the poor guy looked sweaty. And he was. He had a fever. He had that <laughs> gloss to him. But he takes this rag out of nowhere and just starts wiping the guy's face. And he starts to squirm. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's for my balls. So the sad part of it was this poor guy was sick because he had a urinary tract infection due to a catheter issue. And the catheter wasn't clean. It wasn't doing well. And that's what the cloth was for. Hence shouldn't be used on someone's face and then we had to take troy outside well we had to go find troy troy was gone troy couldn't handle the the what he was observing and then we went out in the ambulance and we ended up being able to discuss what we call consent if anyone can answer a question you always ask them sure it's nice you want to wipe someone's face but you should probably get some good consent there for uh what you may be doing so have either of you nancy randy kenny well i know that randy and, and kenny have you had students yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and have you had any such difficult times, tricky encounters, funny times? Well, Randy, go ahead if you have one. I have a quick one about uh, one of my students who uh, I'm sure Bruce would be happy to be named in this, but it didn't happen during when we were working. It happened afterwards. So we had this little bash at my cottage, and as the, the night wore on, um, somebody cracked open a bottle of Jack Daniels that was hidden under a counter somewhere. And, and uh, so Bruce started telling me about this call that he went to and how he ran this cardiac arrest. And all Bruce could say was, look, man, I did it exactly like you told me. It went just like you told me to do it, man. You should have seen me. I was an all-star just like you told me. So <laughs> Bruce, absolutely. You can see Bruce doing that. So yes. <laughs> I hear it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just speak from my own experience as a student. Uh, back, like, honestly, probably my second or third ride out in Toronto in 1994, the fall of 94, uh, we get called to the Queen subway station for a subway jumper. And so, obviously, not an ideal situation, and we don't need to get into the super particulars, but the person was deceased. And uh, at that point in time, we. Uh, we were kind of tasked with the other people there to sort of put the body in a stoked basket and get it off the tracks. And uh, so we were basically picking up pieces of this guy's body and throwing it on the, uh, throwing the rest of it on the body. 
And uh, anyways, I picked up a piece of the skull and talking about gallows humor, one of the old paramedics in Toronto goes, hey, Kenny, why don't you take that home, drill a hole in it, use it for a keychain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the favorite thing I've done. <laughs> what the hell? Like, just like, holy fuck. Like, so, uh, I didn't do that, by the way. I just yeah, you know, respectfully put things on the body. But That is the dark that side. That was my yeah. introduction <laughs> to uh, some real twisted shit right there. Yeah. Kind of funny, and but it, not. <laughs> how long ago was that, Kenny? When were you student? 1994. Follow. Yeah, so a few years ago now. Yeah. Nancy went on her socials today to comment that we, she was going to be on the panel with people with 800 years experience. Um, <laughs> so we 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 have a lot of experience on the show, that's for sure. Uh, but my, I don't know. My if math to, is a little off. But. Yeah, a little bit off. But you're you're right. There's some good stories here that come out of this. So students in general, Troy, do you remember any others, or do you want to carry on with something that? Uh, they're well, challenging. It's part of the job that we have to do. Yeah. Um, but I remember having a, another student who uh, he was so uptight. I don't know if I was with you or not, Brad. I'm not sure. You'll uh, you'll understand once I tell yeah. you. But he, uh, we got called to one of our regulars, and being the student, I uh, basically said, you know what, assess the patient. And he goes, I think he's VSA. He's not moving. He's you know. I said, well, do your assessment on, you know, put the monitor on if you feel he needs the O2, get your vitals. And he checks them out and everything's looking good. And he said, well, what's wrong with this guy? I said, you tell me. Yeah, you're the one that's in school. And I said, I'm going to show you a magic trick. And he's, <laughs> next thing I know is, I, I, I wish I could say, but I can't, the patient so I took a loony out of my pocket and I said, I'm going to show you a magic trick. So I held it over the patient's eyes and I was going a dollar bill, a dollar bill. He goes, how's that going to work? All of a sudden the arm comes up to grab the fucking loony. <laughs> <laughs> I said, see, there's how you tell if somebody's unconscious or not. <laughs> Absolutely. He at me and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh... That's all just kind of the, you get to know your patients, right? You get to oh, know yeah. the regulars. You get to know the guys and girls, but uh, in our case, quite often, more guys. Um, but I want to show something here, and I want to show a, a short clip on one of my favorite movies related to EMS, and it's uh, Bringing Out the Dead. It's a Scorsese film that was featuring... Um, Nick Cage. Cage. Nick Cage. And, and yeah. Goodman's in it. And Goodman's yep. in it. This this Ving, little clip, Ving though. Rames, well, I believe Ving Rhames is in it as well. That's right. Yeah, it was a great movie, and it's dark. It's kind of, it, it portrays our world very well, and the humor in it is bang on. This little clip, though, is relevant because of exactly kind of what Troy was saying. This clip, they're going to, their dispatch is calling these guys, and they're already wound. They're on a night shift, and then they realize <laughs> it's Mr. O. Mr. O is the regular that we all have, and it's just, it's so bang on, and I want to just show this right now here while we're... 66. First of all, I want you to know how sorry I am about this. I've always liked you two. A unit above nine. A legend in its own lunchtime. So it hurts me deeply to do this, but I have no choice. You must go to 48th and Broadway. In front of a liquor store, you'll find a 50-year-old man, unconscious. 
says here, man smells real bad. Do I have to say more? But you've said too much already. <laughs> Mr. O! It's early for him. Sorry, right. we're not meant to do O tonight. Something's gonna happen. I can feel it! <laughs> I know we've all been there. Mr. O, we've all had our Mr. O, and it's usually at the wrong time of the night. And uh, we certainly have our own ways to deal with the regulars. And it's something that a lot of people that don't experience our world the way we do can understand how trying the regulars can be. And by regulars, I'm talking sometimes right to like two, three times a shift over and over and over. People realize that, eh? Like there are some people we do see like multiple times in a block. You might see them 10 times. That's right. And then you end up being tired already. You're in the worst part of your night shift. And then that's when Mr. O calls. And that's when the shit gets off the rails and you go sideways. And I know, Troy, we've had many of those Mr. O's. Five minutes before shift change. Yes. How often does that happen where you're about ready to go home for some sleep and then it happens? Now, Troy, Troy, you have some splendid measures on dealing with Mr. O's over the years. Um, I've seen us show up to a call and the public be standing at the roadside around Mr. O, freaking out, not happy with uh, what they're seeing, wondering if he's alive or dead. And I've also witnessed Troy not even getting out of the ambulance. We have a special piece of equipment in our ambulance called a microphone, a PA system. And Troy was able to attend these calls from beginning to end without getting out of the truck by just addressing Mr. O over the PA with everybody having a... Uh, you can see the whites of their eyes from across the road, not wondering, not believing that we're not going to talk to Mr. O again or lay a hand on him. But uh, <laughs> Troy, it it goes on. It, it's what we do. And at some point in the call, you just basically got on that PA. You told him to get his ass up. Sure enough, he stood up, and on his way he went. And then all the public around us going, "What the hell did we just see?" But they don't know <laughs> that we've just dealt with Mr. O ten minutes ago, and he's laying down to sleep again. And you've already and, uh, got the paperwork done before you get to the hospital. That's right. <laughs> no, we, I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> even, even better. Those were, the, those were the code ones that you didn't do, you know, over 30 years. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, we actually had, back in the day, hospital cards before we had health cards. And we had Mr. O's card in the ambulance. Remember that? In our clipboard. Yeah. So that if we ever did pick him up, we already had his ID and we knew where we we're going. So Nancy, you must have the same thing. There's regulars everywhere. We have a few. And I mean, especially right now during this pandemic, I just look at my partner. I'm like, just drive. Don't even get out. I open the side door. So our rigs have side <laughs> doors and yep. slide that baby open. And I'm like, hop in because we're just a cab sometimes. And that's all it is. And they get warm. We drop them there and we leave. <laughs> Quite often. And people don't understand the demand on the system that the regulars do cause. And I mean, a lot of it is not their own fault. A lot no. of it is mental health. Based. Their own fault, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. Quite, and have... Some of it is also the way the system's set up. It's deemed to fail. There's nowhere for some of these people to go. There's nowhere for them to reach out to. And some of it is how well they're treated. I know we had a Mr. O that wanted the grilled cheese sandwich at the hospital and the yes. chocolate milk. And that's what Mr. O loved was that stuff and would call an Amos and by law in Ontario. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same in New Brunswick. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. We can't say no. Yeah. We cannot refuse going. Yeah. You cannot refuse these people. And I mean, sometimes it could be serious. Sometimes it couldn't. We we've had a few Mr. O's over the years and I know I that. Remember though, when oh. with Mr. O yeah. the doctor 
he he made it known, public knowledge to us. I wasn't aware at the time that every time the health card was swiped, it was costing the Ministry of Health of Ontario. It was uh, 700 bucks every time you swipe that card. So it yeah. got to the point with Mr. O, they would just bring them out the sandwich and the chocolate milk. And <laughs> so there was no swipe in the card. And do you remember some days we would have the police show up and the police oh, would just please. take Mr. O home. Yep. And sometimes it worked out that way, but they didn't want to go either because they're busy as we were busy. But uh, the regulars. They give taxi is, vouchers here. From the you give them yourself? No, the hospital. So we do have to put them, register them at the hospital, but then they will get a taxi voucher home. Huh. So they can get their shopping done in the city. Right. And then kind yeah. of a free taxi voucher home. We now, just gave vouchers for Dairy Queen. <laughs> let's be honest. Mr. O sometimes shits Mr. O's pants, and that's the only reason he's going to the hospital. He's trying to get a new pair of, of scrubs. Yeah, and we've boy. done that before. We've talked about this before <laughs> we went on the air, where we have, we have the shit part of our job, the literal shit part, where we're making the shit burritos. We don't deal with it very well in the paramedic world. We know that. The nurses bug us all the time. We're very good at concealing shit within three flannel blankets with a human diaper or burrito and making sure that shit doesn't touch us or the ambulance or anything in between and getting to the hospital and then delivering the shit burrito. But we also have the puke side of things, right? And it gets real there, especially if you're in a university town. If you're in anywhere where there's a lot of pubs or, or stuff going on, we, uh, we definitely, uh, we definitely have the puke thing down, and I know it's Kenny's favorite. So, oh god, yeah, Kenny any, loves st- puke. any stories of the? I got a couple of puke stories. Uh, so <laughs> honestly, like, it really, this is about the only time I could actually almost vomit on a call myself is watching someone else puke. It, it fucking drives me nuts. So anyways, <laughs> I was working with a longtime paramedic who's now living and working in Australia. But uh, we'd gone to this uh, this gentleman who'd fallen off his roof, and he, you know, he had to be put on a backboard. That's what we did at the time. And I said the same thing I always say to everyone: I put on a backboard. You know, like, if you're gonna be sick, let me know so I can turn the board on his side and suction you out, like at the dentist's office. Just give me give me some heads up. He goes, "I'm good, I'm good, man, I'm good." Well, this guy had like a ZZ Top beard. And uh, so anyways, we get him on the, the stretcher, on the backboard, in the back of the truck. And just as the stretcher clicks in, he goes, I think I'm going to be sick. I'm like, oh, fuck. So then yeah. the tube of puke goes straight up like a cylinder of puke, straight up into the air, almost hits the ceiling of the ambulance, and then comes straight down into his face in all oh. his beard <laughs> and everything else. And, and I look at the guys work with him, like, hey, get in the back and help me out. And he's like, fuck you. And I was like, I'm wiping the guy's face from the puke of the beard, but I'm almost like gagging and puking in the garbage behind the jump seat. And I was, oh my God, it was terrible. Uh, another one, uh, one more quick one. Yeah, yeah. University uh, student, I think he was trying to, uh, you know, trying to wheel the girl that night. And uh, anyhow, she drank too much. And so she was sitting on the living room floor, puking her guts out. Uh, this was honestly the grossest thing I've ever seen. So he's sitting like beside her in her vomit, trying to catch it in his bare hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just like I'm looking at him like, bud, what are you doing? Like first day love. Oh yeah. my god! Like yeah, uh, he's great. Hey, he pulled me up there. Now, <laughs> we do have the universal bag that everybody has, right? We have the garbage bag that's in the back of the the ambulance that can often come out of the garbage can and be tied around a patient's neck. Or the T-shirt that you pull up over their nose. There you go. Yeah. So Randy, Randy is the most most veteran of us here, and Randy will probably have the best uh, methods methods for all of us to learn from when, when it comes to stuff like this. You're good Honestly, with people, Randy. I stole that one. I stole that one from somebody else. That I the shirt tried. right up over the I head. I was always like, you know, you got the towel and then the puke bag and the whole thing, guarding yourself and standing behind them, and then. Somebody said, yeah, you just pull your T-shirt, their T-shirt up over their nose and they're just going to puke down on the front of them. It's all contained. Thought, that is a great idea. Yeah, it's there's nothing. Um, the human body is disgusting and it's basically what our whole career is founded upon is the disgustingness of it. When things are pristine and fine and working really well and everywhere they need to be and things are in place, we don't get to see it usually. But uh, we... Uh, I don't know if I was with you, Troy, or not, but one of the worst ones I ever had, I started a night shift. It was a cold, cold, cold night, like the weather we're getting now in Ontario. And uh, like, it, and we showed up, and the, the guy was genuinely ill. He was having a true heart attack, and he had leaned over, and he threw up salmon. Just had a salmon dinner, and he puked on the wood stove that was red hot. So when we, when we walked into that house, it just smelled like vomit that's been cooking with salmon on a wood stove that was glowing red there's you can't make this shit up you can't it's just stuff that unless you live it you're like who would even think of that and unfortunately the gentleman was quite ill and you're trying to push through this awful nauseating cooked puke smell that is like in the room and we have stuff to do but no it's people people when you tell them these things they almost think you're making it up now we have a comment here from a richard is it somebody know oh. kenny you know Richard? I do know Rich Sav Money 2.0, I believe, is his Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, commented in, and it's great I that he's Richard brought in. Many years, uh, good so, friend my university years. Uh, looking yeah. for a, there's a story of a woman in her tub. So okay, well, uh, two stories quickly. The home, <laughs> yeah. The one, <laughs> one, uh, which has never been told publicly, not by you know anyone that I know of, like in an official capacity. Right. Uh, my partner and I, the first huge homecoming, I think it was like 2008 when they flipped the car and whatever. Uh, the Queen students tried to flip the ambulance with us in it. Uh, <laughs> beer bottles on the truck. No way. Giving us the finger and everything else. And uh, oh, sorry, Rich says it's sad money 1.0. Get it right. I'll sorry, put it on the screen to save you the reading there, Kenny. Uh, I know it's tough. And then. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so like they actually like the homecoming. Like, there's lots of homecoming stories, but that one never got told to the public. Trying to flip the ambulance. They tried to flip the ambulance with us in it. Uh -huh. uh, second one there. Oh, that that's an unbelievable story. You can't make it up. This this poor poor woman had uh, had fallen in her bathtub, and her head would plug the drain, and she couldn't get out of the bathtub. <laughs> and so she had continued. She'd been there a couple <laughs> days and had continued to have you know bodily functions. And so she was laying in a couple of days worth and through no fault of her own, she just couldn't get out. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was sad, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you can't make it up. I mean, how the hell can you ever come up with that oh. sort of situation where your head's actually blocking the drain, you can't get up and you just continue to fill the bathtub with your own body fluid. We got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> we've had it where we found them going in their closets, right? They use their closets because of a mental health issue. They, the, the washroom's right beside it, but they choose mm-hmm. to, to use their closets instead, or they have their own litter box. I've seen that. Human adults putting a litter box in their living room so they don't have to walk all the way to the bathroom. Um, it just goes on and on. Now, you have a fan, Nancy. We have a Stacy on here that's like yeah, your first podcast. We're already getting the love on there three times over. So that's, that's fantastic. Like Perfect. Stacy yeah. Bondage? Oh, <laughs> That'd be Bordage, Troy. We'll get that zoomed hey, in for that you. That is yeah. a great segue. Why, don't, why aren't you guys with your 800 years of experience between you? Explain yeah. why we always have the calls where people don't understand when they shove things up their ass yeah. that it needs a big base so it doesn't get lost in there forever. <laughs> We've all had things in bum stories at work, at work. <laughs> And I'm sure that I've had my Apple story that I've given over and over and over. And uh, that, that's one that was shared with a, a colleague that may or may not be watching right now. But this gentleman just happened to call us and greeted us at the door to say that he had a, we got an impaled object was what the call was. Impaled object. And that's all we knew. And we show up there and there's a guy standing at the door, the jacket on, and he's kind of pacing back and forth. And I'm like, what is... Uh, the issue we're here for someone i thought someone had been stabbed and then he says no no it's me and i was like okay and he's like i have an apple in my ass and it was as plain as day as that and i said excuse me he says yep yeah, i have an apple in my ass and the, the guy i'm working with is pretty rude forward whatever and he's like i could have sworn you said you have an apple in your ass and he says yep yeah, that's what i have so he said <laughs> was not troy that day but this uh it uh, it, it ended up a lot of people that know me know this story over and over and over. But the long and the short of it is he said him and his wife were doing whatever they were doing, but there was no wife at the house. There was nothing. <laughs> and I remember going to the eMERGE department, same eMERGE department Kenny and Randy would go to on a regular basis. And the update I'd given the hospital um, on the way out was basically that. And when whoever took the patch at the hospital and asked if I knew if it was a Macintosh or a Red Delicious or our granny smith and i i couldn't provide them with all the information and when we got to the hospital it looked like a wedding reception it was literally literally lined with every student and admin person and uh, resident and it was just everybody had to come and see what this guy with the apple in his ass looked like poor guy they ended up using an old school corkscrew they sedated him they took out the out they had to cut it up and the partner I was with says we probably shouldn't get him a fruit basket as a get well gift, should we? And then we left, and <laughs> that was it. But so strangest, strangest should. things in the body you found, Nancy on calls. Anything? Ooh. You got any of them? Strangest shampoo bottles are so common. Shampoo Two bottles colors. are common. Coke bottles are common. Um, Coke bottles. Glass, going for glass. Size, like I had like a a ninety to a (laughs) hundred pound fella, and he was tiny, and it was a like it looked like a fire extinguisher, and it was black, and he had that whole thing stuck in there, and nothing like he that was a lot of surgery. (laughs) It wasn't going anywhere. I had to transport on abdomen. It was, although. Not rectal. I did have a dude with a couple sets of tweezers in his penis. In his penis? Yes. One was for gratification. The other one was for retrieval, and neither worked. Boy, yeah. (laughs) Along along those lines, I picked up uh, a guy one time, and we got called for a bloody penis. 
And so I asked the guy, what, you know, what's going on here? He's like, well, I was masturbating. I said, okay, like, what? <laughs> and then he pulls out, like, almost like this doweling rod, and apparently he was jamming it down his urethra while he tugged on himself. And I was like, oh, <laughs> There's a whole world out there we don't learn about in school. No. <laughs> we learn anatomy, we learn, but we don't learn fetish or kinks or, or, or whatever people do. So some That's of it for us, right there. It's, it's a learning curve yeah, while you're on the call. Like you have to figure that out, Kenny. Is that a mental health call, or is that is that just a normal call for their kids? Fetish isn't a mental illness. Yeah, exactly. So that's how we have to. What I said to the guy was, "Why don't you just point your toes and flex your thighs? Come on, (laughs) (laughs) they don't need any tools." (laughs) (laughs) What about Randy and all those years? Anything in the where they shouldn't be? Well, there was a number of them, like light bulbs and stuff like that. But the only one that stands out in my mind that I've tried to, to block out for probably two decades now was the gerbil thing when that first phenomenon hit the streets, oh, the, the cocaine and the gerbil thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it, it goes was, bad. It goes real bad. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. The poor thing's still alive, right? And oh, and then they're was, calling us there. Yeah. And then for some reason they called us. I'm not sure what we were going to do, but it was a literally a... <laughs> Load and go transport. This is somebody else. Sure would. The hamster was about to die. You got to get it out. Right. That's yeah, the important patient right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, patient at that point, right? And and I've mentioned it on a previous podcast that in the prison system or the jail system of late, the, those sprinkler heads have been common, where they're trying to hoop the the metal sprinkler heads to get a day pass to get out to the hospital, and they're, they're ripping these things, those metal spiky sprinkler heads. They're shoving them up there their prison purse or whatever they call it at there. I don't what? know what it's called, but yeah, to try and get That's out because they'll do anything. Nancy, in our area, we have several prisons and jails that we respond to and they all kind of want a day pass. They all want a way out. And that, for a while there, there was times where they were bringing in several of these people with sprinkler heads. Sprinkler that heads. That's yeah, amazing. So, and Troy mentioned cucumbers. So there's been lots of foods, right? There's been lots of stuff with food and, and that veggie and shampoo bottles seem to just i I don't know the amount of people that say they just fall on the shampoo bottle and ironically they're expensive (laughs) that's right (laughs) so with that um we've all needed to get these patients to the hospital that's kind of what we do it's pretty simple before i go on uh i don't know if you know this viewer nancy that you're actually bringing the average (laughs) age down Keep it up. So that's a good, uh, and you're cute. So we're going to be able to like this, this is already your pot. Like they're already asking you to come back. Basically is what's happening here. Stacy's mentioning that. Um, I just thought we should just pump your tires a bit before we keep moving on. But I was saying our job oh, is pretty I have simple. A, I have one comment on the spring. Yeah, go for it. So yeah. John, that's my spouse. He's upstairs right. watching this on the 55 inch. He doesn't He's like sprinkler. sprinklers. He's a oh. sprinkler fitter. And so he said, they actually make, he loves sprinkler heads. In what are the They actually make an institutional sprinkler head that has low profile that can't be tampered with because of fucktards like your patients. There you go. That, so they don't just reinvent things for shits and giggles, no right? Reason. There's a reason. So, and that's awesome <laughs> that he, I, I, you got me worried there when you were mentioned and I thought I might've offended John. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad that that's the way that story went with the with the sprinkler heads. Um, oh, I could have made it so much better. 
No, it's good. It was a perfect, uh, <laughs> it was a perfect add-on, though. But it's true that uh, we're not making any of this stuff up. It's stuff we've seen. We have no reason to 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 shit about it. Um, so yeah, we get called. Static colon cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> if it's still connected, we, you could do a whole cleanse. Damn, I guess. <laughs> let's talk about something that people don't realize, and that is sometimes we have important pieces of equipment when we go on a call to get said people, Mr. O or, or Mr. Sprinkler head in the bomb or whoever it is. And we get there and we realize we don't have that piece of equipment and it's happened to every single one of us. And we were talking about before. And I think everyone needs to know that when we show up to a call and we don't have our goddamn stretcher, there's nothing more embarrassing than bringing the ambulance, opening the back door and realizing there's no stretcher on there. And it happens to everybody. It will happen to you if you're a younger medic watching and you haven't had an app yet. It's going to happen. And the unfortunate part is for most of us, all of our equipment is usually on that stretcher as well. Sometimes it's loaded off to the side. But the way it happens in our world, for me anyway, was we have to often go pick up helicopter patients that are transferred to the hospital. So we can't use our, we can't have our stretcher and we're using theirs. So we drop the stretcher somewhere else usually in the emerge department, but we'll take the, the, the medics in with the helicopter and then we will leave, go on another call, not remembering that, oh yeah, they didn't put a stretcher. Anyway, it happens. So Kenny, yeah. Kenny was part of a fantastic story probably 10 years ago now, maybe less. Oh, yeah, probably somewhere around that. Uh, yeah, well, you remembered it. What's that? You remembered the stretcher. Well, yeah, oh yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, through no fault of our own, we we brought stretcher, we had it with us. <laughs> and then, but. But, but when we came out uh, from where we were at, which was the university pub, uh, with dealing with an unconscious uh, drunk student, uh, so we had them on our stair chair. We carried them up the stairs and ready to put them on our stretcher. But there was no stretcher to be found because students <laughs> had stolen it, and it was just gone. As and, funny as it is, it's not funny, but it makes you have to. Well, like, I was act I was pretty irate, not gonna lie, and uh, so we had to call a second ambulance to to bring a stretcher to yeah. us and take That's the norm, right? Hospital. But so now there's two ambulances tied up for one drunk student because you know the kids took our stretcher away. Usually, right? it can go off without a flaw, right? Because we're we're trained in the fact that if we have equipment failure something but we know quickly to get another truck rolling there we just call for an equipment failure over the air and you just roll it and usually a patient doesn't even notice yeah, oh it's yeah. That, well, it, was, it was pretty seamless still but it was yeah still it's the feeling too of walking out in your case out of the building to look for the stretcher you left out there and it's gone yeah. or us opening the truck doors <laughs> and going uh well, yeah, we're, we're missing something here at, being openly laughed at by the other students thinking it was a big joke right <laughs> yeah so that's i kind of lost it on a, a crowd yeah that was, uh, and that's a major crime major crime i remember that being in the news and, and there's sure. some serious penalties for it randy have you ever forgot anything yeah just the same story man the stretch yeah. with but the yeah. ours was a kgh to amherstview code four open the back doors and no bags no so you're all the way you're a long ways away from the hospital at this yeah. point and nobody around and yeah. somehow luckily it wasn't serious but somehow trying to reassure the family that well this is how it usually works that you know we we show up first to assess the situation and there'll be another ambulance long story, <laughs> yeah. story like that yeah yeah it's, uh, i don't think they bought it but i i was working one winter when it was in quinney west actually it was near the air force base in trenton and i was with a medic from there who's now retired 
And we came out and not only was the stretcher gone, but the whole truck had slid down the icy farm driveway and turned onto its side. So wherever we had parked it on this icy driveway, and and that's when they call us, right? Ice storms and stuff. People have been out. They've fallen there. And then we get there and we park the ambulance. I wasn't driving. It wouldn't have mattered. It would have happened to me anyway. Put it in park and it seemed fine. But obviously when we were inside, the whole ambulance decided to go down the road and flip on its side. And there's no, no, no fix in that one. Luckily we had our equipment and we get another ambulance there and we actually brought the patient down the road and left the ambulance at the base of the, of the hill. So, um, we often show up sometimes too, and I've seen some uniform malfunctions with our crews. Um, I worked with Troy for <laughs> Nancy's got her hand up. So, um, the, 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 the uniform that everyone kind of, talks about like you hear people say oh people in uniform and that they're pieces of shit polyester uniforms is what they are they're they're just uncomfortable they are not measured properly they're generic fit none of us basically fit in them and the long and the short is the ass rips out of them quite often with most of us and we are doing awkward lifts or we're doing different you know bending over in different situations so nancy is was it was it an ass rip or what was it yes Yes. Yeah. So we were headed out to the, the Trans Canada and it was for an MVC and there was construction. So we had to actually go from one side of the highway over. So I had to climb up and over the cement barricade underneath the rebar to hold some C spine, check an airway, like check it some ABCs on this guy. The second I squatted down to get under and all fire was there first. We had all the spotlights on because they responded <laughs> from a very shorter distance than we did ass ripped right out red thong spotlights on <laughs> full moon it's three in the fucking morning and two the moon. tow truck driver <laughs> yeah, was already there. <laughs> and i can't move i'm holding c-spine on a degloved scalp and i'm like shit and so they're all laughing police are there and there was two female firefighters luckily who grabbed my bomber jacket that they saw because i took it off before i started climbing came over and tied it around my waist and I've never lived it down. And you're not alone. And that was like 10 years ago. I have <laughs> witnessed Troy. Four times. That's you witnessed <laughs> Troy's red thong? No, well, I've, my, I like my red thong got exposed a few times. <laughs> yeah. I've witnessed Troy stapling his pants together and emerge with the, going to the admin desk and trying to use a regular desk stapler to put his crotch oh, back together in his pants. Nuts. And some of that red... <laughs> That pink me, medical tape. Nancy brought up the story of nuts, but I won't say names, but uh, there's a paramedic who's a little older than all of us who uh, I believe is retired now, but uh, he went down, bent down to pick up a patient on a backboard and his pants ripped and he was free balling. He <laughs> 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 was just like, he was the <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Who the hell goes to work commando? <laughs> well, we can talk about that after we're not on the phone. Yeah. We, uh, but it, I think everyone's had a quit, and there's nowhere to go with it. Like you say, Nancy, you're sitting there at the call. You're actually performing, in your case, patient care. But even if it's not, even if it's getting out of the ambulance and you arrive at someone's house and now your pants have blown out yep. or whatever it is, you have go. no, you have no backup. You have nothing to, you can't just say, hang on, I'm going to call someone. I need some more pants. And, uh, We've had some good laughs about that over the years. That's for was sure. It, was it, I've had yeah. the towel tucked in my belt a couple times. So to keep, oh, that's a good, see, yeah. senior yeah. guy, right? Put yeah. a towel in there. Yeah. Oh, a towel. Yeah. yeah. Towels, that's good work. Now, Troy, what were you saying? 
I don't know if I was working with you one day or not, but this isn't really to do with pants ripping or anything, but it was something else. It was November. Do you remember? Or I think maybe it was, I was with uh, Luigi there. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, I wanted to do November and he's like, well, you frig, you, you can hardly see. It's not even going to look like anything. Take me over to Walmart. I want to get some just for men. So I went over there and I got this black dye. Came back to the base. It said, you know, put it on, wipe it off in a half an hour. So I had it on. It was all black. Looked so good. Well, the tones went off. I thought there was another crew there. There wasn't. So I've got this black dye. And I was gone 30 minutes and I came back. My lip was blistered. I was bleeding. It just turned the top of my lip. I remember the black stash, though, because you had it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, we also had the word games, right? Meow. We had the meows. Lots. Troy and I were very, Troy is the meow expert. Uh, we talked about that on his podcast when he was on earlier. But we also had to, have you ever done just random words? Like we've worked with many people over the years where on this call, you have to say thesaurus or on this call, you have to, and it's the hardest thing to do, but you just hope the person has no idea what you're talking about because you got to squeeze that word in. And this is if the patient's not overly acutely sick and, and you got time to work with it. But it's one of the hardest things we had to do that we added to the calls, right, Troy, where we'd be like, uh, yeah, like you would just randomly point out a thesaurus or you'd randomly point out an encyclopedia or any word that was given. We've done that. Now, we worked together for too long, and I think that's what it, it came down to is you start doing stuff like that. You, you get caught every once in a while. but yeah, You had to watch, though. You always... I remember working with a medic from Kingston who we spoke about earlier. And it, I used to, you know, if I knew where I was going and knew the severity of the call, I'd say, what your name or, you know, like, and, and he thought he would try this. I said, you can't do it here. He said, this is a nice house. These people must be educated. <laughs> You had to pick your clientele, right? You, you yeah. definitely addressed probably, wow. yeah. First thing he does, he walks in, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, my God. You <laughs> she was an English teacher. Oh, <laughs> no. I went no. outside so fast. What the hell are you doing saying that here? Well, you always get away with it. I said, well, not with English teachers. That's right. Yeah. So he's sitting there. He just deer in the headlight. I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. I was pissing myself laughing. Oh, no. um, oh that's awesome. We've also had, I, I get asked all the time by people that aren't in this world, well, you must have to use the bathroom every once in a while. And the, the call volume dictates quite a bit of time times that you're away from any sort of facility for hours on end and you're just running and running and running call to call to call and i have worked uh several occasions where i've had to excuse my partner and i will say openly it's not troy but i was working with the same individual <laughs> twice when he had to excuse himself in a patient's house to have a bowel movement and it's the most awkward discussion you can ever have not the person going to the bathroom <laughs> but the person that's standing behind with the patient and their family just while well, you're your partner's off using the facility and it's part of our, I've had to stop uh, responding lights and sirens. I've had my partner stop me somewhere in the back sticks country because they have to go. They just can't make it to the call. And I'm sure Nancy, if you've run long, you run long calls distance wise, yep. right? You're, 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 you have some miles you're putting on each shift. 
it, it happens where sometimes you just got to pull over and you just do what you got to do, shut the lights off and continue. You're going to be useless at the call. If all you can think about is I got to piss right now, like right now. And I'm notorious for that. Like I, I just was constantly having to make sure you timed your bathroom breaks, right. And you try to get some food in the same time. Like you just had to kind of mix it all together so you could survive. Well, but, you see uh, some people, honestly, like Pavlov's dog, the pager goes off at the base and they go straight to the bathroom, right? They yeah, have to. Right. They can walk straight to the pisser, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't know the if you're going to be back for eight hours, though. What's that? Yeah. What's that, Randy? I said the older you get, the more that happens. Yeah, it would. It, and I agree. And then it, it's counter. It, you're on it a night shift. Get it all out. Got to work its way around an obstruction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then you're on night shift, so you're drinking coffee and you're making it worse and you're drinking more coffee and then you got to go more and it just keeps escalating and escalating. But it definitely happens. Um, I remember the same call. I'm, I know exactly what you're referring to. Yep. Somebody asking to go to the bathroom. Same individual. I had to do the same thing. Sit there and wait. Yep, and, and it was voluptuous. It was like, destroyed the toilet. I think you just... Friggy made a family portrait in the toilet. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do to rush it. But um, we've also had uh, some like interest. <laughs> yeah. I had a dispatcher message us, uh, Troy. It was a favorite dispatcher of ours. One of the female dispatchers. I won't mention names. But she was excited that this podcast was on tonight before The Bachelorette. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's where we are on the priority ranks here, but that's, there was some funny calls. I know I've been dispatched when the dispatcher has a brain fart or has a, a, a little whoopsie and they say something that they're not meaning to say. Mm. And I know that some of the calls that we've been sent to trying to hear them talk themselves around it again, like if they do say like, uh, instead of farther, they're saying farter or instead of a brain hemorrhage, they're saying a brain hemorrhoid or a brain and, and it's happened over and over and the dispatchers have definitely led to our demise at times but also to some of our our humor and uh we had some good ones over the years i think you would agree fellas uh that could really make our shifts a lot better with their lighthearted comments and i don't know how are you dispatched in your jurisdiction nancy is it provincial like do you have one large it's dispatch provincial. so it's provincial for us like technically when you call 911 it says what do you need fire ambulance please right. if you say ambulance it goes up to moncton and they're all dispatched so does new brunswick have this. one ambulance dispatch center or is yes. it the whole for the whole province really they yeah, do. We're, yeah. we're in ontario we're split up in all these different uh, right yeah so they have to be bilingual because we're a bilingual province, which is pretty funny. Our dispatchers are amazing. But sometimes in the call notes on, on the tough book, you're trying to decipher in, if it's French or English or Japanese. We don't know yeah. what they type down when they're doing the call taking. But so your calls uh, are actually coming to your tough book. Yep. Yeah, we have we're, we're not, tough books. We're not fortunate enough. We still just get it paged out over the air. We have to write. Oh, okay. But, no, uh, ours gets... And we used to have pager pagers, but yeah, back in the day, eh, Randy. Uh, well, you know, we don't have that technology here yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> pagers, what, pagers. pagers. So, yeah. yeah, but uh, the pagers were amazing. I had like phantom pains, not like phantom vibrations from the pager, mm. just always in the exact same spot. It was, yeah. Do you uh, do you have a most embarrassing call? Anyone like the one that 
look back and you just I, can't believe I got that. embarrassed in front of our medical director really bad one day. And, uh, was this I, at training or was this on a call? No, this was a call. I'd like to make a shout out actually to our departed friend and colleague, Greg Allen, who was one of the funniest guys that ever worked yep. with us. Yep. Cheers uh, to Greg. He had, uh, yes, yes, cheers, Greg. And he, he had this great self-deprecating humor that he used to just engage us with every day. And so I, I did a call with him and, uh, and I was wedged in this corner with a diabetic and I got the IV going and I couldn't move. And the first shift I'd ever worked with Greg. And he said, um, you know, I've worked in Toronto. I worked ALS and stuff. I said, great. I said, could you just, the IV was behind me. He was holding on to it. I said, could you throw some D50 in that for me? So he did, or I thought he did. So <laughs> nothing happened. And so I'm right beside the phone. So all I got is a patient's head, the IV, the arm, and a phone. So I called the hospital and I said, can I get another D50? He said, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Well, the guy wakes right up. So I think this is, that's something weird, right? Anyway, we take the guy to the hospital, walk out to the truck, and there's Greg in the back of the truck with two boxes in his hand. And he's got a look on his face like somebody just stole his puppy. Sure enough, one was a bicarb. Oh, no. So, but, so, as a side, I don't, we can't have anybody else put stuff in the IV anymore, but that wasn't a rule then. Right? That's a disclaimer. Yes, I got you. Yeah. So, I go in, and (laughs) I have to give report, and sure enough, if it isn't Karen Graham, our medical director. Right. I give her the whole spiel. Yes, yes, we gave a bicarb, then we gave a D50. Yes, he woke up, et cetera. So he goes, okay. So about, uh, then we go right back out, do another call, and we bring back a patient who has a head injury. And Karen walks over to me, and I don't know why, that was kind of strange that she'd come right to me to ask for a report. But she walks over to school, so what happened? And I said, well, this drunk guy fell off the bar school, hit his head, and we brought him in. And that's why we mobilized him, because he fell pretty far. And I don't know if you know Karen, but with the, completely straight face he looks at me and says did you give him any bicarb <laughs> <laughs> most embarrassing moment of my entire career yeah like, yeah sorry karen yeah, yeah. in a way in a way you're lucky it was karen because uh yeah. she was a phenomenal teacher and, and very much an advocate for our side of things and uh probably a has a, an amazing memory too probably you're probably always going to be asked about the bicarb Yes, he did ask me a few times after that too. Yeah, but um, again, shout out to Greg. Greg was a great guy, and he just kept us in stitches all the time with all the shit that he used to do. So, well, well he gonna... made himself the butt of the jokes, right? Like he, he was always the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always yeah. made fun of himself every time. I uh, I know we've seen some crazy things, and it's hard to remember them all. But there are two in my career that I don't know will ever be topped. Um, one. Being in an ambulance station and hearing an ambulance back in, another one that's working beside us, and I hear the doors open, and I see someone's in the back. It's actually a medic in the back with a patient. Going, what in the fuck are we doing in the station? <laughs> the medic that was driving the ambulance was actually able to have such a brain fart that they didn't remember they were going to the hospital and they brought the patient back to the station. So they went to the station's house, picked the patient up, brought them back to the station. And I I was just blown away that again, it's lucky. It's fortunate that this was not a serious call. 
and they had time. But I, I, I would have never guessed going to school, doing any training, that anyone would ever have to equip you with the possibility that you may not end up at the hospital. You might end up back at the station <laughs> as a scenario. And what would you do in that instance? And we also know in our area, this one made headlines around, I'm sure, the province, if not further. Uh, one of our colleagues witnessed a turtle getting hit at the side of the road. And uh, none of us like to see an injured animal or whatever. The turtle was half out of the ditch, a snapping turtle or something on the, on the ditch of the road. And it was a busy intersection. It was actually in a, in a plaza parking lot where there was a ditch, and the ditch housed the turtle. As they were going for their coffee, they see this and they spring into action. Well, the one individual did, and he actually administered drugs, epinephrine, three loads of epinephrine <laughs> to the turtle in front of everybody that was there. Uh, <laughs> everybody's. <laughs> but no one could answer was like, uh, we didn't know if the purpose was to euthanize the turtle or to somehow rehabilitate the turtle. <laughs> And we didn't know what actual turtle epi dosages were. And I was in an unfortunate position where soon after that, I took a position where I had to accept complaints and deal with uh, public inquiries and that. And it is the most bizarre thing that I have ever had to witness in my life that one of our medics would pull over an ambulance and inject adrenaline, pure epinephrine into an injured turtle to try and somehow salvage a situation that was already pretty bad. Anyway, it didn't end well for the medic. Make turtle soup afterwards. (laughs) We have no idea. Then you wonder, do you start incorporating those scenarios into training? Do you have to then include them into- Didn't the turtle pass the ambulance? What's that? Didn't the turtle get up and pass the ambulance? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. just rapid speed. But do you not, I remember one of our, one of our good buddies there that we all know from that part of the world made a case in the station and it was a, it was an empty epinephrine syringe, a preload. And it was in case of turtle emergency break glass. And it was a syringe of epinephrine (laughs) on the wall put in behind a piece of plastic that you were supposed to break. But those are my, I cannot believe the top two stories. There's a lot of them out there, but one bringing a patient back to the paramedic base to visit us was uh, just un- unheard of. And two, giving a uh, turtle epinephrine with no knowledge. The actual discipline, believe it or not, which is ironic, this person at the time never or never was in advanced care. And the, the, the method of epinephrine he gave was an advanced care dosage, an allotment. So there was actually the fact that this guy couldn't touch a preload was more difficult to handle with the complaint than the actual fact that he gave this turtle epinephrine anyway that's uh, give it to him right in the neck no who knows it's i was ho- i was told the leg we could never get an answer as to what the purpose was oh, and what the mind and it was right in front of everybody else and uh probably one of my most uh embarrassing times to be a medic at the time like because everybody in the area then heard of this and they associate you with that that class yeah so it happens we've all made mistakes we certainly have all made mistakes but that's those are those are epic ones that i think uh people don't realize go on now nancy before we let you go because we're almost we're hitting an hour already um 
the other gentlemen have answered this, but they can change their answer if it's changed since. But I always ask the guests three questions that I have on my podcast. And usually I only ask it the first time. It'd be silly to keep asking it over and over for the repeat uh, guests. But the first thing is um, if you could be a fly on a wall anywhere, in any situation, fun stuff, work stuff, whatever you want, who would you want to listen in on and what would you want to be privy to? Ooh. Well, I think being inside any chart room with the door closed, whenever you walk by any chart room in the hospital, being in there, knowing what they're actually talking about. The physician to me. The physician to me. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's a, it's their own world and they often isolate themselves into a room and dictate to somewhere. Right. So it can be scribed somewhere else. And uh, how about, uh, if you could have one food for the rest of your life, only one food, what would it be? Pizza. Yeah, I think we've had a couple pizzas on here already. <laughs> Randy's thumbs up with that. You just put anything on it. Wasn't Snoop's, uh, didn't you have alphagetti or something? Well, well that, that wouldn't be the only food I'd eat the rest of my life. Although, if I had to, I could. It'd he had that pizza that he made. Do you remember the one with the cheese slice on it where he doubled down on the, uh, the, 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 the he had a, on his podcast, if you go back later, Nancy, and see it, we, we show pictures of this fabulous oven-baked piece of cardboard, like a delicioso or something. That is <laughs> up I said to at the time, it might have been some legal things now that uh, <laughs> inspired that. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. He upped the ante and he put <laughs> a couple hungry, of cheese okay? slices on it. <laughs> Kenny had his own, his own cuisine element to the podcast. It yeah. was quite something. Um, now... So the last question really is, it'll be interesting with your experience and it may or may not be work-related. Where is the smelliest place you've ever been? Oh. Smelliest. A hoarding house. Okay. Yeah, I think we agree. Rectal bleed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would do it. So yeah, where the whole house was basically cat litter oh. and, and it, the patient a, had a hemorrhagic rectal bleed. Yeah. Oh, and there's a common theme with cat piss too, with the worst places you've smelled, right? And 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 blood, and um, but honestly, most of our answers have been human based, most, not all. Yeah. But uh, I find it very interesting to to hear out of all the stuff we see and all the stuff we do and all the stuff we've experienced that generally no one hesitates, and it's usually a person or or something related to people Typically. at some point, usually. Yeah. Although City my partner Bobby. hit two deer in the past month and on our night shifts. And the last one, because it went under a few times, there's so much stuff stuck up and in the grill mm-hmm. that when we drove, it smelled like McDonald's McDoubles for a solid six oh. hours. So oh. I haven't had one <laughs> now, hitting things in the ambulance is a whole other category, right? I oh. remember hitting a whole yeah. skunk family on a night shift and it got caught in the dualies. And the truck had to be taken out of service. It was so bad. Like you could not possibly respond to somebody <laughs> sick with that fresh skunk. There's been turkeys in our area, like wild turkeys through oh. windshields. Um, deer. Uh, oh, Brad, I got a beauty. I went to the, uh, <laughs> the fist plant in Picton. You know where they, and it's in behind the hospital somewhere. And yeah. we picked somebody up. We had to back up the ramp, which there was all this rotten fish on it. I had no idea. Oh. I got back to the base and I could smell it. 
And so I thought, well, I better hose that off. And as I did, I started to puke. And then I hosed and I puked and I hosed and I puked. And it was the most god-awful smell. Rotten fish in the sun. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. It's the smell that, that, that linger. And a hot manifold somewhere or a hot exhaust. Yeah, it yeah. never went away, I don't think. Uh, Kenny, ever? Yeah. Well, our, our, our frequent flyers with um, who drink Listerine or Scope. The smell of themselves isn't quite so bad, but afterwards you smell it for 12 hours in the truck. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we've all hit stuff with the ambulance. It's, it's inevitable when you put those kind of hours on those vehicles. Um, oh, yeah. But after a while, you just kind of kind of roll with it and you get used to it or you don't get used to it and you just put up with it. And there are still certain smells to this day that I think every single one of us would go right back to that very place, that very scene, that very location. You could probably name the address. You could tell them what color the painting is on the wall if you smelt that smell yeah. again. And uh, it's, it's it just... That's right. Now, Troy, if everyone saw Troy's podcast earlier, uh, his first one uh, or not, his smelliest thing was is actually where he lives. Ironically enough, Troy's in between uh, residences right now. He had an unfortunate house fire last year. And as part of the relocation while they rebuild his house, he's in a very nice accommodation right now. The only unfortunate thing is his backyard is the shed plant for the city. And uh, I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's literally your backyard. And, uh, and it's probably better in this freezing cold. But when the weather warms up and the wind blows the right way, it's... Uh, yeah, you sure know. Holy yeah. fuck. And um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like letting the dog out and you pass out. <laughs> so, anyway, gentlemen and ladies, it's been a pleasure. Um, there's so much we could talk about. I think we've given a, a good glimpse and we kept to our word. We really did. We did not mention the C word. <laughs> Once. Well, true. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it's very refreshing above all else to be able to take an hour and do what we do and anyone who's watching in and just basically forget about that for a little bit. Have a few laughs. It's a bit dark. Uh, some of the stuff isn't funny, but it's kind of unbelievable. And uh, you've been a great panel and I hope we'll, we'll chat again. If there's more you want to say, absolutely. We can say it. But if, uh, if not, I'm going to zoom you guys out. We're going to let you go for the evening. And I know uh, we've had quite a few comments on the side. I think some people really don't even know what to say after a while when they see <laughs> what we're talking about. But uh, if anyone's out there, I'm going to just put up some graphics here where I mention where they can watch this as of uh, tomorrow. It'll be on deanblundell.com. One of our uh, our biggest supporter, actually, we're super fortunate to have Dean and his team on board. It'll be available on audio for Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it'll be uh, uploaded to YouTube on the same channel you're watching on right now, on the Offload Delay channel uh, tomorrow, to be put in the files to watch whenever and wherever you choose. It'll be also you can reach me at the Offload Delay, either Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube and much less Facebook. And just so you guys know, I'm going to announce it tonight for the very first time. Uh, I'm in a partnership right now with a potential sponsor. It's fantastic news. Uh, the podcast is growing. This will be our 14th show, so it's not overwhelming, but we're doing really well with the numbers and the interest is there. 
And uh, this gentleman here, he's an officer up in Thunder Bay, created a company called First Response Coffee Company. And anyone that knows me, it's a perfect match to have coffee and a podcast. And we're going to be bringing them on soon as a sponsor. And they have a bunch of lines of coffee right from, as you can see, the Night Shift, the Code Black, Bulletproof, Firehouse, PRN, and C9, all their different. uh, And these are all uh, roasted to order. They are a smaller batch coffee company and they are from sustainable resources. So just wanted to announce that it's happy. I'm happy to have them on board. We're going to hopefully bring them on. He's a young lad named Jesse out of Thunder Bay. So he can bring a police officer perspective in to, to what we're doing. He was a little anxious because he said he's only been involved a year or two in the policing industry. And I said, it's perfect. We need everyone from all, all walks of uh, the emergency life here. So gentlemen, ladies, thank you so much. Thanks, bro. Uh, appreciate the laughs. Miss seeing you guys at times where uh, we used to do this with a beer and sitting around in person, and it's a little harder to do these days, but we're getting there. So let's get through this C-word stuff, and we'll we'll chat soon. And that's it. I will uh, zoom you out here and look Thanks, forward to bro. chatting with you guys soon. Kenny? Thanks, Brad. Yeah. All right. We'll talk nice to you guys soon. Nancy. Well, yes. yes. Thanks, guys. Yeah, before oh, I zoom you out. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks so much. I'm going to pull out Kenny, put him off the screen. I'll put uh, Randy, you're next. Have a good one. Thanks for joining, Randy. Yeah, Randy. Troy, as always, been a blast. See you. And uh, Nancy, again, nice sort of meeting you. Very nice having you on the yeah. first podcast. We already yeah, kind of knew each other, awesome. but uh, look forward to having you back. And we, we will lighten things up in this world. That's right. Yeah, we. Uh, I think we did a bit of a good job that way. So we're going to uh, going to move you off to the side here, and we're going to roll the credits, and we'll be uh, chatting soon. Thanks. Hope everyone enjoyed tonight's podcast. It was great to see that crew again. It was uh, just a different look, a lighter look at what we do. Something to kind of break the monotony of this pandemic and this awful uh, times we've been going through. But uh, hopefully everyone out there is staying safe and you can join in again uh, to our next podcast and look forward to seeing you then real soon. Stay safe. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.